welcome to Blue Wire. After you finish listening to this awesome Blue Wire podcast, make sure you check out the other pods in our Blue Wire family. Okay, I know, you're probably wondering, how do I do that? Well, it's simple. Go to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and search Blue Wire. Ta-da! They will all be there, so have fun listening. We're back. Welcome back to Fin It to Win It, folks. I'm Kyle Krabs, your host of Fin It to Win It, the lead editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, and a diehard Dolphins fan who has greatly enjoyed some of the fallout of the 2019 NFL Draft. Someone enjoyed kind of listening to the media sing some praises for the Miami Dolphins. It's kind of weird, right? Like... That doesn't happen to us. Nobody gets to kiss our butts, talk about how good we did. But guess what? The general consensus throughout the media from folks that you know I know personally or folks that I've read in other outlets, they talk about how the Miami Dolphins did a really nice job targeting value, making calculated risks, low-risk decisions with Josh Rosen, adding him onto the team. This is, it's really exciting. So what I want to do today on the show is I want to break down and talk about specifically how the Dolphins can build out their roster from here so that they can compete. Because listen, somewhere along the line, we decided because the Dolphins didn't want Ryan Tannehill anymore we decided that they wanted to suck and lose on purpose to go get a quarterback. In all honesty, the moment they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, they upgraded the quarterback position. So there's no reason why you can't build your team but simultaneously compete. And that's something that I think a lot of casual fans have gotten lost In the shuffle, they assume, oh, well, the Dolphins need a quarterback. They just got rid of their quarterback. They need a long-term quarterback. The best way to do that is to just suck and go 2-14, and and then you can go get your guy with the first overall pick. Well, yeah, not exactly, right? Like, I believe coming into this year, 10 of 11 first-round quarterbacks prior to the 2019 NFL Draft, 10 of the last 11 first-round quarterbacks teams traded up for that's the way the world works now, right? You have to solidify the rest of your roster. If you take a rookie quarterback and you bring him into your room and you are not ready for him, you are exposing him to a greater risk, in my opinion, because there has to be stability around him. You have to be a transcendent talent to walk into a, a terrible football team be the guy from day one, still have a terrible supporting cast around you, and you're good, right? Like, how many quarterback prospects would you feel comfortable putting into a situation like that? And ironically enough, that's kind of the situation that we saw from Josh Rosen. And ironically enough, that won't be the situation that we see Kyler Murray go into with the Arizona Cardinals because the Arizona Cardinals had a phenomenal 2019 NFL Draft. Fortunately, the Dolphins and their planning and their strategies 
have enabled them to get into a position where they acquire Josh Rosen. He's coming onto their football team. And yeah, the roster's not great, but like if you look at this depth chart, there's some talent on the skill positions. Everybody's got to stay healthy, obviously. Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson. But if these guys stay healthy, you've got Parker, who I'm not even counting on in the long term, right? I'm just acknowledging that he exists, unfortunately. Uh, Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, that that one-two right there, that's like a perfect Z receiver and slot receiver in the NFL. We still need the X. We'll see if Dante st- or Devontae steps up. I don't think he will. But still, you've got two boxes checked out of three right there. Dwayne Allen will be a solid blocking tight end. He's going to be a short area receiver. I feel comfortable with him as a short-term starter. Mike Gusecki's a wild card, but I'm not expecting a lot. He was such a long ways away last year. Now, granted, Adam Gase also chose to use him in pass protection one out of every five plays. But there's some stability, like Dwayne Allen. That's why you bring in a guy like Dwayne Allen. He's not going to be a productive pass catcher. But he could be a short area pass catcher against zone. He could be a blocker. And then you look at the offensive line. That's in front of Josh Rosen. Michael Dieter is a starter. He's one of the best value picks of of round three. Laramie Tunsil. Obviously, one of the best young left tackles in all of football. You need to find... If they like Jesse Davis, look, I'm not not a guy that two years from now was planning on having Jesse Davis on my starting line. But this team apparently likes Jesse Davis. Keep it, keep it at guard then. So now you've got center Daniel Kilgore, who was solid in San Francisco before he came over and got hurt. And the big glaring hole at right tackle. There's more boxes checked than that are left unchecked for Josh Rosen. Which brings us to how do you build this team? We'll talk about the offensive side of the ball first. Who can you target? Who can you sign? What's the thought process behind those players? We'll talk about them first on the offensive side of football. If you look offensively at the available free agents on the market, I think there's several players that can most certainly help the Dolphins. Uh, I look at Jared Valdir, right tackle, free agent from Denver. Donald Penn, offensive tackle from Oakland. Remember, Reggie McKenzie came over from Oakland. I think Donald Penn is a really solid option to sign because of his relationship with Reggie McKenzie and the connection with Oakland. I mean, shoot, we'll get we'll get into Nick Perry here in a second, but Nick Perry uh, connected to the Dolphins because Dolphins defensive coordinator is Patrick Graham who worked with Perry last year in Green Bay. Like, the Dolphins have done this with everything. All the Patriots that they've brought over. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, honestly, is one of the only guys that they, they there was no real solid connection with that they signed in free agency. So offensive line players available. You have uh, Jared Feldier, Donald Penn, 
Ryan Schrader is 31 from Atlanta. Uh, Brandon Fusco was cut by the Falcons. Offensive guard. Steven Wisniewski was a guy that I made a case for the Dolphins to sign. Listed at center, could play center guard. Uh, would really like that potential add. He's 30 years old. So some of these guys, you have varying ages too. It's They're not just pure like 35-year-old guys. Like, And that's another thing that when you think about building a roster, right, not everybody's going to be under the age of 25 or over the age of 35. You're going to have some of these middle ground guys. And some of these middle ground guys like Steven Wisniewski, Ryan Groy, who played at Buffalo, uh, Still available. Matt Slauson, 33 years old. Chance Wormack, 27, also from Philadelphia. Uh, Jordan Mills is another one. Right tackle from Buffalo, 28 years old. He's been a starter in this, this league for a long time. Is he a plus player? No. Is he a player that you know what you're going to get. You know you may need to give him some help, but that experience is valuable. Yes, absolutely. Jordan Mills makes sense a ton. Donald Penn is a different kind of player, makes sense a ton. I would love to see them go out and sign Jordan Mills. Jordan Mills is 28 years old. You could sign him on a cheapy deal. Uh, He missed the first two waves of free agency. These guys that are still left in free agency and haven't been signed yet, uh, they are their availability is much more favorable to the teams, and the Dolphins I think have a, a an interesting luxury here with having this availability come through the teams now. And here's why: the Dolphins and their strategies have left them with a very high cap figure projecting forward into the 2019 season, the 2020 season, and beyond. They have cut so much dead weight off their salary cap and their payroll that suddenly they've got a lot of money to spend. So if you're getting into the the portion and period of the free agency window where teams are going to skimp, they're going to spend less, they're going to play cheap, with the players, say, yeah, come on, you know, we'll, we'll give you a, a two-year deal, second year's team option, you get $5 million this year, uh, $2 million base next year with $4 million in incentives. That way they could cut them after one year if they wanted to and be on the hook for $2 million. The Dolphins can, can, can listen to that market value, listen to what teams are getting offered, and if they really want that player... Who the hell cares if you throw an extra half billion dollars on the top of it? The Dolphins have as much wiggle room as anybody in the league right now. They're not going to change the structure of the deal. They're not going to give anybody a Trey Flowers contract. But you can't tell me that you can't offer Jordan Mills a two-year deal with half of that cash guaranteed over each of the next two years. He's a 28-year-old multi-year starter at right tackle in the pros. If you're trying to pinch pennies and you're offering him $5 million a year, offer him $6 million a year. It's not going to hurt your salary cap situation to do that. And I think that's that's such a, 
an interesting dynamic of where the Dolphins are sitting right now because, again, they want to compete. It would be irresponsible of them not to compete. It would be irresponsible of them to have Zach Starrett be anything better than the third offensive tackle on the right side on the depth chart. Right now, he's the first. Go back and watch that Cincinnati Bengals game last year. Tell me if you want Zach Starrett sniffing the football field because the answer is no. Can't do it. So go get Donald Penn and Jordan Mills. I don't care. At this point, what is, what is a two-year contract that's $10 million in total worth really going to hurt the Dolphins right now? It's much more important to them because they've suddenly fat, potentially fast-tracked this entire rebuild if they have a quarterback who is worth something in Josh Rosen. So I I think Dolphins fans, and, and I've started to see this just with, with talking to Dolphins fans, paying attention to the traffic that we're getting at Dolphins Wire, paying attention to the traffic that we're getting on this podcast. Dolphins fans are starting to perk up a little bit, and I think they need to. I think it's smart. You're still going to get the national media guys. Unfortunately, the guys with the biggest platform are going to sit here and talk about, oh, Dolphins suck. Oh, Dolphins probably 2-14. Give them the first pick. They'll probably pick 2 Tugga Viola. Uh, They're tanking. No, we're not tanking, though. This has never been the case with this team. So, I think offensively, the Dolphins aren't in terrible shape. Do I trust Kenyon Drake long-term? No, he's in contract here. We'll find out. Running backs also very easily replaced. Kalen Balaj, Miles Gaskins, I feel good about either one of those guys being a guy that gets 100 touches next year. So I don't feel super good about Kenyon Drake just because we haven't seen it yet. He's so talented. He's just got to put it all together. Wide receiver. Look, I'm perfectly fine with Jakeem Grant as wide receiver five, guy that's getting in the mix a little bit, scrapping up special teams dude, has some sub packages dedicated to him. Kenny Stills, I think, is one of the more underrated wide receivers in the league. I've got a great appreciation for Kenny Stills. Albert Wilson was one of the most dynamic run-after-catch threats in the entire league last year before he got hurt and missed so much time. So the Dolphins aren't in bad shape at wide receiver. Devontae Parker, it's time to S or get off the pot, dude. I was stunned to see this team bring him back. But they're trying to compete, and you can't put more holes on your roster than already exist if you're trying to compete. So that's fine. Tight end position, I think there's enough There's enough bodies here that you'll get some decent contributions. Offensive line, we've talked about. Jordan Mills, Stefan Wisniewski, Ryan Groy, Donald Penn. Those are the kind of names you should circle. Dolphins have three pieces that they like on the offensive line. Laramie Tunsil, Michael Dieter, obviously, who they just picked, and Jesse Davis. Let's see if Daniel Kilgore can step up at center or we bring in some competition in Steve Wisniewski, guy that's position flexible. And then let's really load up on right tackle here. Before we go any further, got some good news. Got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash blue wire to save $10 on a value trial set 
which includes a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your front door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned, so they bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come from a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. Y'all ready to talk about the defensive side of the ball? Because fortunately, we just got done talking about how the Dolphins acquiring Josh Rosen isn't as bad of a situation and conditions as it might potentially look on the surface. Because there's boxes checked. There's boxes checked on the defensive side of the football, but the boxes that aren't checked, oh my goodness. This could be a headache. So let's run through let's run through the depth chart right now. Defensive tackle. I don't feel bad about defensive tackle. Christian Wilkins, Devon Godshall, Vincent Taylor, Akeem Spence. That's a really solid four right there. Also, Kendrick Norton from Miami. He used to be on the practice squad in Carolina. I like Kendrick Norton. He had a middle-round draft grade for me coming out of uh, college. I think that five right there, you could carry that five. You'd feel really good about it. The only three defensive ends on the roster are Charles Harris, Jonathan Woodard, and Tank Carradine. Folks, that's a problem. Not only is that a problem, that's unacceptable which is why the Dolphins are reportedly interested in Nick Perry, and I assume they're going to be interested in several other names as well. Uh, But we'll come back to that. Kiko Alonso, Raekwon McMillan, Jerome Baker are the starting linebackers in this group. A couple other names to watch in this position group. The Dolphins signed J. Ron Elliott, potential linebacker pass rush threat from the AAF, formerly the Green Bay Packers. Tyrone Holmes, also of the AAF, formerly the Cleveland Browns. Mike Hull, Quentin Poling was a late-round pick in 2018. Andrew Van Ginkle was a fifth-round pick as a potential pass rush linebacker in 2019 this past year. So there's some bodies here. I think the depth is is looking better than it has in a while at linebacker, especially when you consider some of the multiple fronts the Dolphins are going to be implementing. I think Kiko Alonso uh, is at the end of his leash as far as his time in Miami. I, I think... Uh, another athletic linebacker is going to be a need for the Dolphins here in the long term. In the short term, I, I think we're we're set at linebacker. I also think we're set at safety between Rashad Jones, Minka Fitzpatrick, T.J. McDonald, and Walt Aikens. Well, that's that's a fine group. Uh, Aikens pre- predominantly is a special teams guy. We'll see what the Dolphins ultimately choose to do with Rashad Jones. There's been some conversations about potentially trading his Albatross $17 million cap hit sometime this summer after June 1st so they can divvy that cap hit up over two years with the dead cap. 
it'd be bittersweet, but this is kind of the, and it'd also be the kind of move that people point to, oh, the Dolphins are tanking. Well, no, you got a traffic jam with Minka, TJ, and Rashad. If you want Minka to settle into a spot, you can't let a 30-year-old who's had some shoulder problems and cost almost $20 million be the guy that's going to stop that up because that development of Minka at his preferred position is much more important than continuing to keep Rashad Jones, who's not going to be a part of the long-term success of your program because the Dolphins wasted the prime of his career. That's just the unfortunate reality of the situation. So if the Dolphins move Rashad Jones, I don't think it cripples the Dolphins' safety room. I think it allows them to be more deliberate about placing Minka exactly where they want him. Um, Would that hurt? Sure, it would hurt to lose Rashad Jones. But I, I don't think that's such a dynamic move because you have Minka in the cards and then you've got TJ McDonald in the other space. Uh, I would feel honestly much more comfortable with Minkett free than uh, TJ McDonald and put TJ McDonald as the box guy. I think that'd be a more favorable usage of his skills uh, so that TJ's not the last line of defense. So if the Dolphins make that move, no, they're still not tanking. Yes, they're continuing to shed down unattractive salary cap space that will not do them good in the future and allows them to put their young players in positions to be primed and developed to be contributors at where they're going to be asked to contribute in the long term. It's not hard. And then we get the corner room. Uh, Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, currently projecting as your outside starters. Bobby McCain, currently projecting as your nickel. Listen to me, Miami. Do not play Bobby McCain on the outside. You did this last year, and Bobby looked like trash. Bobby McCain's a good corner. Bobby McCain's a very good corner. But Bobby McCain is a very good nickel corner? He's not an outside player. See what you got in Cordray Tankersley. Try and see what you got and really solidify Eric Rowe if he wants to make a jump in his level of play. But that outside corner, we need depth there, and we need depth there bad. Not as bad as pass rusher, but we need depth there bad. So real quick, before we go through our free agent options on the defensive side of the football, uh, I do want to look at this entirety of the roster and say our primary holes are X receiver, right tackle, defensive end, and outside corner. If I had to rank those in order, right tackle, pass rusher, outside corner, X receiver. There you go. That, for me is the predominant list of key holes on the Dolphins roster that I would love to see them address as many of those as possible before we go into the start of the season. But enough for now. Let's talk about some of these defensive ends still on the market that the Dolphins can get in on the action with. If you think back to what I talked about when we were talking about the the age spectrum, right? You know, over 35, under 25, and those inevitable players in the middle. We get a little bit of each of those in this group as well. If I'm looking at pass rushers and I'm looking at the edge, outside, linebacker, defensive end, hybrid, those guys that if you want to play odd or even fronts, they're going to be the guys either with their hand in the dirt or rushing from a two-point stance. And I look through what's available in the free agent market. There are some players that move the needle for me. 
I look at Nick Perry. Prior to 2018, his last two seasons in 2017 and 2016, he had over 18 sacks. I'm sorry, he had 18 sacks. That's good production over two years. 2016 was a contract year, so the man showed up when he needed to get paid. If he gets a short-term contract, I understand injuries have been a problem for Nick Perry. It's been uh, Injuries the last two years have really neutered his ability to, to play at a high level. Why not roll the dice? The man is motivated. He's still a free agent. He's 29 years old. He's kind of in that middle ground. Physically, if he's not tapped out from the injuries, he theoretically should have something in the tank. Let's bring him in. Shane Ray, former first-round pick of the Denver Broncos, had a very productive start to his career, and again, injuries have cut him down. Bunch of wrist issues. Shane Ray, 26 years old, I think would be a no-brainer for the Miami Dolphins because if you catch lightning in a bottle, he's in the prime of his career from an explosiveness standpoint. Nick Perry, Shane Ray, I'd be going after both of these guys real hard if I'm the Dolphins. Continuing to work your way down this list, there's there's some decent outside linebackers that are available. Matt Loniker from the L.A. Rams, he'd be a guy I'd give a nice look to. Kyle Emanuel, the L.A. Chargers, Emanuel's 28 years old, Loniker's 27 years old. So there's some youth in this outside linebacker group. If you go to pure defensive ends, guys that are going to play with their hand in the dirt no matter what, Ziggy Ansah still on the board, that's aggressive for me. Would I dislike the ad? Absolutely not. But you're probably looking at a market value here of 12 to $14 million. That, um, that for me kind of feels like it, it trends against what the Dolphins have done thus far and what their primary objectives are this offseason. If you can get them for cheap, hey, listen, why not, right? Very low risk with that signing. If you can get him for a reasonable deal. But don't lock yourself in to a $10-plus million contract. That flies in the face of what we've been seeing the Dolphins do this entire offseason. Derek Shelby, guy has been in, in and out of Miami for quite a while. He's a free agent. Perhaps he'd like to come back. I'd rather have him over uh, Jonathan Woodard right now. Not a lot of other options here as I'm looking down this list of pure defensive ends. Names still available. Andre Branch. No, the Dolphins just cut him. Michael Johnson from Cincinnati. William Hayes of the Miami Dolphins. Got hurt last year. Deion Jordan, formerly the Miami Dolphins. Coney Ely, not interested. The dude couldn't make like six different teams. So I think Miami's best bet is to kind of look at some of these outside linebackers and knowing the fact that this, this team is willing to be flexible with their fronts, if you get guys that are more comfortable stand-up, play odd fronts and put Christian Wilkins... Oh, in the A gaps on pass rushing downs, let him work in the B gap otherwise. Kind of what the Green Bay Packers did. Patrick Graham's our defensive coordinator. He was 
in in Green Bay last year. What Green Bay Packers do with Mike Daniels, who's a big 3-4 defensive end. That kind of relationship, I think, makes a lot of sense. That correlation between those two players and their utilizations. If Miami gets boxed in based on the free agent market to go after stand-up pass rushers. How about cornerback? What do we got for outside cornerback that's still available in the market? Brent Grimes, top name on the list. No. No thank you. If I have to listen to one more Miko Grimes uh, tweet, I'll lose my mind. Brent's also 36 years old. Mo Claiborne from the Jets. Potential ad. Rashad Melvin from the Raiders. Potential ad. Devon House, Packers. think that one makes sense. Sam Shields, 31 years old. Uh, L.A. Rams. Not a lot of youth here that's got potential. Jalen Myrick's one that I look at, though. Myrick's 24 years old from Minnesota. Speedy dude. He, he went to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. No one's really going to know what Myrick's got because the Vikings have had so much good play at the corner position. He's the one, and he's a young one, that I would look at and, and I would really want to kind of just get him in my building and see what you got there. Maybe not a big con- big guarantee contract deal, but I would look at maybe one of Sam Shields, Devon House, Rashawn Melvin, and I'd sign Jalen Myrick. And I'd let those guys duke it out in offseason, throughout training camp, may the best man win. And then you got a little bit more depth. Because honestly, like it's probably going to be Eric Rowan. That's fine. But your depth is really pressed right now in the outside corner. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, Today is the first day of free agency in which teams can sign players and not be impacted for their 2020 compensation picks. So this is opening bell for the Dolphins. It's opening season. Let's go get them. Let's go sign some football players. Let's put to bed this stupid narrative that the Dolphins are tanking and they don't want to win any football games next year. The Dolphins want draft picks and they want cash to move and be flexible. They've acquired both of those things. Now they got to fill out this roster, make sure that they can get an accurate assessment on the young players on their team while also looking to compete and promote that competitive culture. Kyle Krabs at Grinding the Tape on Twitter. Lead editor at USA Today's Dolphins Wire. Come on over, see what we got. Thanks for listening to Fin It to Win.